we'll look at anti-neoplastic medication or oncology medication. Um, under here, we'll look at oncology as the study of cancer and its treatment. Um, we'll look at the various medications that fall under oncology. So we'll look at first the, the anti-neoplastic medication. The anti-neoplastic medication. Now, these medications, um, there are so many ways that they are used to treat cancer and other uh, cancer-related conditions. Now, these medications, um, they kill or inhibit the production of neoplastic cells. These are cells that grow up normally and begin to cause disease conditions for our body. So when you have an abnormal growth of cells that will lead to abnormal growth of tissues and organs and other body systems, it is what we call neoplasm. So in this case, we need medication that include anti-neoplastic drugs to treat this particular illness. So there are two ways these medications can work. They either kill the disease-causing agent, one, or they inhibit, they inhibit um, the agent that will cause the disease condition that will make out, that will cause our cells to be abnormal. Now, that's one. These medications are used to kill, to increase our life survival when we have cancer, and they are also used to decrease life-threatening complications. So it is not only about treating. Because there are some conditions in neoplasm that does not, that cannot be treated. So with this, if the condition cannot be treated, we will definitely come in and provide support that will extend our lifespan. Now, we also have a medication that will decrease our life threats complications. So if we cannot treat the condition, we decided we, we, we what to prolong life to make life comfortable. So in that case, we'll go in to make a goal to prevent complications that will allow us to live a life that is worth living until the time for us to go. Now, the effect of this medication uh, may not be limited to only cancer therapy. They, they also can be used for normal cells that are affected by other medication. Sometimes we have normal cells in our body that are affected by other medications. So in this case, we need this anti-neoplastic medication to also treat those normal cells. Um, there are several kinds of medication combination that increase the therapeutic responses that we expect when we're taking this medication. Sometimes we use IV medication, we use uh, PO medication, we use surgical means to treat cancer, we use radiation and we use other therapeutic means to create uh, wellness for individuals who are experiencing these particular cancer uh, conditions. Now, chemotherapy is just a uh, dosing. Chemotherapy dosing is usually based on the total BSA, that is the body surface area. That's how, that's how they measure 
the amount of dose of drugs that you're going to take when an individual has a cancer. So they look at the BSA, the body surface area, to determine what's the milligram, what's the strength, how many units of drugs you will take when you are having a particular neoplastic condition. So it is determined by the body surface area. All of these medications, that's how they determine and also the type of cancer you have. So look at the body surface area and the type of cancer the individual is experiencing to give them to prescribe the dose for them to take. Body surface area and the type of cancer the individual is experiencing. Now, before each, before each cancer therapy, we look at some figures. We look at the, the BSA, the body surface area. We look at the require the requirement, the current requirement for the medication therapy. We look at the accurate height and the width before targeting the BSA and before each drugs administration. So before each drugs is administered, we got the client height, the client uh, 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 the, the client width, the client um, we'll use those things to calculate the BSA before we can administer this medication. Now, the side effects and the average effects for this medication, um, they are terrible. So this adverse effect and the side effect from this chemotherapy medication or the, this 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 chemotherapies result from the effect of the anti-neoplastic medication that is used to treat or uh, the cancerous cells from the normal cells. So you have the cancerous cells and you have the normal cells in the body. So when you serve the chemotherapy for the cancerous cells. The reaction from the normal cells it is what that can cause uh, the individual to have all those side and average effects while on this medication. Now, we have several and different kinds of adverse or side effects of this medication that we'll look at a few of them. And I will want you to look to define these words and know them very well for yourself. We have one, we have alopecia. Alopecia is one of the side effects or other effects for chemotherapy. Um, it's where the person, person becomes bad. They, 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 they're going to have this hair loss on the head. Now, we look at the nursing management when the client is having alopecia. We have mucositis. We have mucositis for another side effect. We have another one that we refer to as anorexia, nausea, and vomiting. They are all side effects. You have diarrhea. You have anemia. You have neutropenia. The client is going to have neutropenia when the client is experiencing uh, this particular. When the client is on this medication, they will have decreased red blood cells, and some client going to have infertility. They will have infertility. Some going to have some sexual alteration. So all of these are all the causes for these anti-neoplastic medications. Now. Um, when you, when the clients are on this medication, there are some general things we need to know as nurses. Those general things include one, we have to monitor the client complete blood count, which will give us the CBC, or which will give us the level of, of our WBC, the red blood cells, every other component of the CBC, because CBC is the complete blood count. They look at the blood platelets. The blood, uh, 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 the the red blood cells, the red blood cells, and everything that make up a whole blood. That's what the CBC can 
go into and look at each one of those constituencies one at a time. So we'll look at that when your client is on this, on this medication. Look at the client's urate acid level, the client's electrolytes. We we'll look at everything. Now, if the client has thrombocytopenia, um, in that case, we must put in what? Bleeding precaution. Because when you have thrombocytopenia, you are at risk for what? For bleeding. So as a nurse, once you hear the word thrombocytopenia, what comes to your mind is bleeding precaution. Now, these things occur. Also, when the client is also on this medication, that is the chemotherapeutic medication, um, the nurse should look at the platelet count. Any platelet count is less than 50,000, minor trauma can lead to episode of prolonged bleeding. So, any platelet count that is less than 50,000, in this case, the nurse must initiate bleeding precaution because any little trauma will lead to a huge bleeding time or longer bleeding time. So we'll look at that. You also want to look at um, the any episode of okay when 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 it less than two two thousand sorry twenty thousand if the if, if if it is less than twenty thousand spontaneous and uncontrollable bleeding can occur with withhold the medication if the platelet count drops and notify the doctor if the client is on this medication and there is a drop in the client's or uh, 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 platelets below 20,000 your duty as a nurse to what to hold the medication and notify the HPC uh, the HCP that is your duty as a nurse because at this point if you sell the drugs you're not going to be helping you are only creating harm for the client it will increase the risk of bleeding. Now, the English will not use these words like I'm saying them. They will not use decreased platelet. Uh, they're going to use lab value. They will say the nurse is serving a medication and the client has the following lab value. What would the nurse question in this instant or in this scenario? So the nurse should be far-sighted. The nurse should have the clinical eyes to look at the lab result and that this client has a platelet count that is lower than 50,000 or 20,000. So in this case, the nurse should question all the drugs that will cause blood to get thinner. Now, also, um, withhold the medication and initiate neutropenic precaution if the neutrophil count decreases below 1,800, um, for the healthcare provider. Normally, it's between 1,800 to 7,800, uh, to 78,000. So the normal neutral count is between 1,800 to 78, to 7,800. Now, so if it drops below 18, definitely the client is having low neutral field. So in that case, the nurse must well notify the doctor on the lowness of the neutral field within the client lab results. Now, monitor for, for fever, sore throat, and unusual bleeding, and signs and symptoms for infection. Because when a client has low neutrophil, the client is prone to infection. So in that case, these are signs and symptoms for infection when the client is on this medication. So it is of concern to the nurses who monitor these clients when the client is having a neutrophil level below 1800 meaning it has dropped below normal, so the client is having decreased web blood cells 
uh, decreased neutrophil. In this case, the client should be monitored and the client should be, uh, when the client is at this stage, the client needs to be reported to the doctor or the HCP in this case. Also, you want to inform the client that loss of appetite also may result in, may result, may, may be the result of taste changes or a better taste in the mouth from the medication. When the client on this antineoplastic medication, their mouth will taste better because the medication will kill their appetite. So in this case, the client will complain. So you have to know these things because the client will ask you what will be the next, the next response when a client tells the nurse that uh, they are having better taste in them or the food tastes better. Now the, this client is eating a food that is that that is uh, that is uh, that is sweet. And the client is complaining that the food tastes better. What will the nurse respond to this particular individual? So the nurse must know that the drugs the client is on, these medications are affecting the client taste buds in their mouth that is creating the better taste of the food they are eating. It is not necessary that the food is better, but because of the drugs effect, that's why they are having this better taste in their mouth or they are having this loss of appetite while on this medication. You want to monitor the client for nausea, monitor them for vomiting, and provide for the client a high calorie diet and a protein supplement. I repeat, client on this anti-neoplastic medication, you want to give them food that are high in calorie and protein and monitor them for nausea and vomiting. You want to administer anti-emetics medication. What are the anti-emetics? Drugs that will stop vomiting or nausea the anti-emetics medication now this medication will stop nausea or they will come in to take away vomiting spells that the client is going to have while taking this medication now the nurse needs to administer this anti-emetics several hours before the chemotherapy because if not the client might have episode of what emesis during the chemotherapy so the nurses need to put in measure to administer this anti-emetic medication several hours before the chemotherapy and for at least 12 to 48 hours after as prescribed because this medication will stimulate the center in the brain for vomiting. This anti-neoplastic medication stimulates the center for vomiting in the brain. So the client needs to take this anti-emetics before the chemotherapy. We want to encourage complete hydration. The client needs to increase their fluid intake. The client needs to promote fluid intake of at least 2,000 milliliters um, per day to maintain adequate renal function when the client is on this anti-neoplastic medication. This medication can cause rapid destruction of cells, which will result in the release of uric acid. That's why I said earlier, when you're on these drugs, you got to monitor the client uric acid level because these medications that, that, that treat cancer, they are very harsh on our body cells. They destroy our body cells and the end product of body cell destruction will be increased in the amount of uric acid in our system. So you want to monitor the client uric acid level and you want to always uh, lower the serum or you always give a drugs that we talk about allopurinol. You remember we talk about allopurinol 
We say allopurinol can be given in the case of gout, right? We're talking about allopurinol, allopurinol. Uh, this drug can be given in the case of gout, G-O-U-T, gout. Now, in gout, what happened in gout condition? There is increased uric acid circulation in our blood. So in that case, the client is going to have episode of gout attack of gout. Let's take a look at the breast cancer medication, hormonal agents for breast cancer medication. Now, sometimes we use some other hormones in our body to treat cancer. So in this case, we'll look at um, the estrogen receptor blockers. So we'll look at estrogen receptors blocker for breast cancer medication. Estrogen receptor blockers, the ERB. Now, this medication, you have the tamoxifens is one prototype for this medication. The tamoxifen, the tamoxifen is an example for the estrogen receptor blockers. Tamoxifen. You have other drugs like uh, the full vestrains. The full vestrains is F-U-L-V-E-S-T-R-A-N-T. This drug is given IM. You have the to the toromifen. It's T-O-R-E-M-I-F-E-N-E. Toromifen is given only P-O or oral. You have the raloxifen, R-A-L-O-X-I-F-E-N-E. This drug is only administered orally. And you have, like I said, the flu, the fulvestrin is given I-M intramuscularly. So these are drugs you want to look at under the breast cancer medication that fall under the hormonal agent. So these were the estrogen receptor blockers. Now, I will look at few of these medications. Um, we'll look at the nursing management, the average effect, and other things that come along with it. Now, let's look at the tamoxifenes. Now, this medication falls in pregnancy category D. It is contraindicated in clients taking warfarins and in clients who have the history of blood clots or pulmonary embolism so any client who now let me just make this so that we can know it i know some of these drugs might sound very awful to your ear if they might not sound pleasant to your ear i agree but this is the thing when you are reading the endless or you are reading for the endless there are certain drugs that you want to take your time and look at on every topic now, the the Enclair book will not mention all the drugs in the book, but these are the frequent, the most frequently used medications for these conditions. So these drugs, they have some specific thing that you want to know. And when you watch me when I'm tutoring, these are areas that I always like emphasize. Some of these drugs, you you might not see it in your whole lifespan. Some of these drugs, you will see it. But you want to have an idea on what it takes to administer these drugs and what are the actions, nursing-wise, that the nurses need to take when a client is on this medication. That's why I talk, I talk about them a lot of time. So this tamoxifen is one of the drugs you want to know much about. So this drug is under category D for pregnancy. When a client is on warfarin or comadine, the client cannot take this medication. If the client has a history of blood clots or pulmonary embolism,
the client cannot take the tamoxifen. If the client has liver disease, the client takes it with what caution. If it is moderate liver disease, the client takes it with caution. If it is severe or chronic or long-term liver disease, the client cannot take this medication. Then we have another one called the um, anastrozole. Anastrozole is N-A, sorry, it's A-N-A-S-T-R-O-Z-O-L-E. The anastrozole. Now, this drug is under pregnancy category X. It is contraindicated in pregnancy. I hope you still remember those categories in pregnancy and you know what they mean or what each one of them mean a lot or, or, or do want to talk about category a category b category c category d and category x now um these drugs cannot be served or administered to individuals who, or women before menopause and in severe liver illnesses so if they have not reached their menopause we cannot administer this medication if they are having liver disease we still cannot administer the anastrozole to them Use with caution in clients who have mild to moderate liver disease. If it is severe liver disease, we do not serve. If it is mild to moderate, yes, we serve it, but we serve it with what? Caution. Um, the, tamox, the tamoxifen, I said, it increases the anticoagulation action of warfarin. <clears throat> That's why we do not serve it with what? This medication called comandine or warfarin because these are blood thinners. If you serve it along with those medications, definitely it will increase bleeding risk, so we cannot serve it. You monitor the client PT and INR when the client is on this medication. If the client is on tamoxifen, meaning it thins the blood. So the nurse needs to monitor the client INR and the client PT. So PT and INR is to this medication. You need to also look at the dose might need to be adjusted. When the client is on the medication and at the same time on warfarin, then some SSRI antidepressant decreases or the decrease the this drug's strength. So you have some SSRI serotonin, uh, you have the SSRI which we call the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. These medications, the SSRI antidepressant. Um, like the parazactine, the parazact, the parazactine, this medication, what it does is, um, <clears throat> this particular parazactine or any of the SSRI antidepressant, they decrease the effectiveness of the medic of this tamoxifen. So you should avoid using them together because we use them together along with the tamoxifen, the tamoxifen is not going to work. For the nursing, okay. Now, for the nursing action, you want to always um, avoid using them. Then, for the anastrozole, I will just talk about earlier on. The tamoxifen in this particular medication can reduce, or the tamoxifen can reduce the effect of the anastrozole when they are used together. Now, in this case, you want to avoid using them together. The concurrent use of anastrozoids and the atracyclines can also increase the risk of cardiac effects. So you want to monitor the cardiac effects while on this medication. You want to advise the client to increase the calcium and vitamin D intake. 
A vast decline to reduce bone loss and weight-bearing exercises. Monitor for client who decline for dysrhythmia and access and assess the client breath sounds in both lungs. Encourage the client to perform monthly breast self-examination (BSE) and schedule annual gynecologic and breast examination and mammogram with the healthcare provider. This takes us to the point. The points that you got to know: When do we do BSE? What are the positions to do BSE? You want to understand at what age can we do mammogram? You want to understand at how many times? What's the frequency of doing uh, physical examination for breast cancer? The nurse must do the, the, the client needs to monitor or the nurse needs to monitor the client complete blood count and the client calcium level because on this medication the client will have uh, this drugs have the effect to decrease the client's bone strength it will decrease the client bone density so in that case the client will be at the client will, bones will be fragile so you need to monitor the client calcium level you need to monitor um, all of these lab results, the CBC for the client, what the client is on this medication, the, this anastrozole. You want to advise the female client to use breath control during this drug because this drug is under pregnancy category X, meaning when you are pregnant, you don't take it. So any medication that has to that, that falls under pregnancy category X, when the client is on that medication, the client needs to be on breath control. Safer side is the client to be on two different breath control. The client could use the combined hormonal therapy, or the client could use one plus another method. It could be condom method, it could be any form of barrier method plus another method that will provide safety for the client not to get pregnant. If the client gets pregnant, the client might have fetal congenital abnormality because of the drugs teratogenic effect. Now, then we look at another form of drugs for cancer that we call the, bio the biologic response modifier. Biologic response modifier. Um, we call them BSM. Biological response modifier. Sorry, BRM. The BRM's medication, bio 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 biologic response modifier. This medication example is the interference alpha, the interference alpha 2B. The interference alpha 2B is an example that falls under the biological uh, response modifier. These medications, um, these drugs are given only in subcule. IM or IV, it does not come in PO or orally. These drugs you have example is the BCG vaccine. The BCG vaccine is an example of the biological response modifier. The Bacillus Comet Gorin BCG. The vaccines will take BCG vaccine is an example for the biological response modifier. The Bacillus Calmet Gorin. Um, this drug is given is, is, is intravesical into the bladder. Now you have another one we call the 
These medications are not served when the client has the following symptoms, which might cause complication. One, if the client has flu-like symptoms, we do not serve this medication. They might cause complication. Those symptoms include fever, fatigue, headache, chills, or myalgia. Now, if the client on this medication, the client shows signs of flu-like symptoms, meaning the client is showing complication. So in that case, what do we do? We got to administer acetaminophen as prescribed to curtail the complication, Tylenol. The client is going to have bone marrow suppression. The client is going to have alopecia. The client might experience cardiotoxicity. And the client might also experience neuro when the client is on a long-term therapy, on a prolonged therapy. When this occurs, um, monitor, the client, monitor the complete blood count, look at the fatigue level, which will show indication of toxicity. And those indications might include also dysrhythmia, palpitation, myocardial infarction, and heart failure. These are all symptoms of what cardiotoxic effect for the medication. Or they might show neurotoxic effect there might be neurotoxicity which include one the client might be confused the client might have ataxia look at these words ataxia the client might show symptoms the client might have might be ataxic and the client might have inability to work concentrate the client might get confused while on these medications monitor you want to instruct the client to report dizziness tingling or numbness in any of the feet or hand or, or any body extremities which might be a neurological problem uh, monitor for bruising bleeding and blood in stools urine sputum and emesis which might be symptoms of what internal hemorrhage the client might have depression the client might have anxiety the client might have insomnia the client might have altered mental status uh why the client is on this medication you monitor the client mood monitor the client mental status so when the client has this particular complication you got to put in the nursing management for each complication now so the angler will always ask about this complication the angler will ask you what will the nurse do so what i'm saying that if this if the client is having depression anxiety insomnia auto mental state the nurse got to monitor the client mood, monitor the client mental status, and assess the client for suicidal thought. Now, the English might not write monitor the client for suicidal thought. The question will be like, the client on this medication or on this chemo medication, like the, bi the biotic response modifier, interferon alpha 2b, and the client's complaint of the client is getting anxious, the client is not sleeping at night, and the client is find it difficult to recall what happened to them an hour ago. Now, these are examples. These are clear wordings that the client is having 
uh, depression, the client is having anxiety, the client is having uh, insomnia, the client is having altered mental state. Now, what would the nurse do? What, what the nurse response is going to be? A will say, they will give you all of these things. A will say, sell the client medication. B will say, do this. Now, C will say, something that we'll talk about, ask the client whether the client is having plans to kill herself or kill himself. Now, having plans to kill himself or herself is a mental status exam. So by just asking the client, do you, uh, by just asking the client, uh, do you have any intention to kill yourself or to commit suicide? Definitely we are digging out the client intention where the client has suicidal ideation or suicidal thoughts. So this is how the question is going to come in the end class. It's not going to come like how you read it from the book. It's not. The book, the end class will not give you question word from word from the book. They might not in these cases. Some cases, yes, they might, but not in all cases. In many scenarios, in many case scenarios for the end class, they will always paraphrase, use different wordings to give you what they want to, they want you, they, they want to test from you. So that is where we have to put in the critical thinking skills when we are doing the end class study. Now, let's look at these drugs interaction. Let's look at the uh, biotic response modifier interaction. Now, this BRM or biotic modif uh, response modifier, concurrent use with theophylline can lead to theophylline toxicity. Now, theophylline is one of the, one of the drugs in, in, in medicine that you want to be careful with. That's why it has a therapeutic level, theophylline. This drugs has a, a, a it has a low therapeutic index. Drugs with low therapeutic indexes are drugs that are dangerous and that cannot be served with more medications in nursing or in medicine. So theophylline is one of those medications. When this occurs, monitor the client for indication of toxicity of the, of the medication and decrease the theophylline dosage for the client. Then we have the zidovodine. The anti-retroviral medication Zidovodine, Zidovodine, this drug called Zidovodine, um, this drug, um, Zidovodine, this drug is an anti-retroviral drug for AIDS or HIV, in the case of HIV or AIDS condition. This medication can increase the risk of neutropenia or thrombocytopenia. Why on of those biologic response modifier. In this case, monitor the client for neutropenia, instruct the client to avoid crowds and contact the infectious individual, um, monitor for bleeding or easy bruising. These are all signs of neutropenia. Concurrent use with, of the medication with that of uh, other medications that are cardiotoxic or neurotoxins can increase cardio or neurotoxicity. So if you are using these drugs, this medication under the BRM have neuro and cardiotoxic effects. So when they are used with other neuro and cardiotoxic drugs, they will only increase the client neuro or cardiotoxicity. So for that case, monitor the client for cardio or neurotoxicity. When these drugs are used with vaccines using a live virus, it can reduce the antibody response. Like I said yesterday, if you, look, if, if, if you listen to our earlier audios, 
We said in immunity, there are vaccines that are made from live viruses. There are vaccines that are made from dead viruses. And there are vaccines that are made from weakened viruses, which we call the attenuated vaccines. Now, if these drugs are for the BMR, uh, sorry, the BRM medication or drugs, if they are administered with live vaccines, meaning these drugs will reduce the power of the live antibody from the vaccine. With that being said, so you're going to avoid the concurrent use of this medication with live vaccines, which will reduce the antibody response. So, um, we will definitely close the topic for this medication under here, under the anti-neopathic medication. We'll close the topic under here. Then now, uh, we'll take a quick look at uh, um, some principles of antimicrobial therapy. Principles of antimicrobial therapy. Now, under here, antimicrobial therapy, this just just to complete, complete our time. The principle for antimicrobial therapy, this antimicrobial therapy, they are used, they are used or they are medications to treat infection due to bacterial viruses or fungi. That's what we call them the antimicrobial therapeutic agents. They could be natural or they could be synthetic. So whether they are natural or synthetic, they must be used selectively to kill or control microbes that are destroying our body cells. So we have our microbes that, are, that, that live with us, that help us. When we, when, we, when we hear the word probiotics, people take those drugs for digestion, for other things in the stomach, in the GRT, like probiotics. This medication help us a lot. These are drugs created from fungi, from yeast that, that, that are living, that we take into our stomach to help to increase our GR metabolism of other things we eat. Now, under here, we have changes in varied DNAs of the microorganism, which we call the conjugation, which can produce resistance to multiple existing medications. Then it also mandates a con the continual creation of new antimicrobial. So, so with this, there can be the existence of supra-infections, which is a type of resistance that results when an antibiotic kills normal flora. So like you are taking these medications, in our GI tract, we have normal flora. Normal flora, they live in our GI tract, they live on our skin, they do not cause disease condition in normal condition. But when our system is prone to, or when our system becomes low in the strength to defend our body, this normal flora will cause sickness or sick conditions for us. So that's why we call them, they can cause supra-infection when they find the means to do that. But under normal circumstances, they do not cause infection. They live with us. We live together having on a mutualistic or environment. They enjoy from us and we enjoy from them. They have to protect our body. They live on us and we depend on them for survival 
and they also live on us for some power that becomes mutualistic we enjoy from them and they also enjoy from them mutualism is a form of uh is a form of environment where you two people live together and both of you guys enjoy from one another through under a normal circumstances. Now, so we look at all this medication on here. We have the narrow spectrum antibiotics, we have the broad spectrum. Now, the narrow spectrum, only a few bacteria are sensitive to narrow spectrum. Very few bacteria that can be reacted to what to narrow spectrum antibiotics. Then we have the broad spectrum. The broad spectrum looks at wide variety of antibody or anti losses like disease causing agents that can respond to the broad spectrum. We bacterial medication could be bactericidal or it could be bacteriostatic. Bactericidal, it could be bactericidal or it could be bacteriostatic. Now, so when you take anti when you take antibiotics, you're taking it for one of these two reasons. For the bacterial reason, um, they kill the bacteria or the organism. For the bacterial reason, they suppress it, they, they, they suppress the bacteria growth. So when it, so when it's bacteriocidal, it kills the bacteria. When it's bacteriostatic, it suppresses the bacterial growth. So there are so many other things you look at in bacteria in bacterial treatment or in bacteria or in administration of antibiotic or antimicrobial medication. Those uh, those factors include one: how can we identify the disease-causing agent? That's one. Two: we look at the Gram's team. Gram's team. You've heard about Gram-negative bacteria, Gram-positive bacteria. The Gram's team play a major role in bacteria identification look at the culture we do the cns culture and sensitivity this i done to look at exactly what is causing the bacterial infection and what medication can be can be uh very much successful in using it to destroy or decrease the bacterial growth that's why we do cns or culture sensitivity when we have a bacterial infection so um, we look at the immune system also, which is the host factor. It plays a major role in antimicrobial therapy, the host factor, the immune system, how strong your defense is to fight these pathogens that come into our body plays a major role in, that, uh, in there also. Look at the site of infection, where the infection is occurring. Is it in a fragile area that we want to like, destroy the cells that are causing the infection or the bacteria will kill normal body cells? We look at that also if it does if that's the case definitely it becomes a little bit difficult to treat the illness but if it's in the site that when we destroy the bacterial agent or the ba disease causing agents our normal cells will be lively and will function well then that becomes an easier illness to treat look at the age the age of the individual infants and individuals who have increased age or older age individuals are at higher risks for this antibiotic reaction because the infants have low uh, system immune system and the older adults they have uh like uh, their system is kind of like a already at that age it becomes fragile so the the, the so the the, the the 
the young children they have underdeveloped uh, system to help fight the disease condition and older adults they, they will easily develop medication toxic effects because of their age we look at pregnancy now in some cases there are some drugs when you are pregnant it becomes uh, contraindicated in your pregnancy now this can cause some more harm to the fetus which has the ability to cross the placenta and affect the, the, the and affect the fetus examples are the sulfonamides medication the sulfonamides drugs most of them are contraindicated in pregnancy because they can cause serious neurotic disorder in the fetus when the fetus is in or utero they might cause serious disorder in the fetus they can produce connectorous connectorous effects which is a severe neurological disorder when you take sulfonamides while you are pregnant go and look at the drug that fall under sulfonamides you have an uh, example could be the uh uh the deception is a sulfonamide then you have um drugs like gentamicin gentamicin causes hearing loss in infants so definitely it is not it is contraindicated in pregnancy then you have tetracyclines these drugs can also cause the teeth discoloration so they are not okay to be given during pregnancy and also during lactation they can also discolor the child the the, the fetal teeth when the child grows up in subsequent time so they are not to be given during pregnancy now so this medication you want to look them up and look at them for the better use and see how best they can help to help us when we are doing our doing our endless testing now before we leave we we'll look at antibiotic affecting bacterial war penicillins the penicillins these medications they are uh penicillin g's potassium they are narrow spectrum medication for only rm or ivu so penicillins are narrow spectrum antibiotics these medications um you have now they come in two groups i'm sorry they come in two groups one group is the, you have the narrow spectrum the penicillin g which we call the benzo the the benzatines is a narrow spectrum antibiotic that fall under the penicillins and you have the 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 penicillin v so the penicillin comes in two types one comes in po and one comes in iv the one that comes in iv is the penis is, is the is the penicillin the benzatine penicillin is iv the one that comes in po is the penicillin v that is what we call the pen vk penicillin vk is what comes in po so it comes in both IV and PO. When it comes in IV, it's called benzatine penicillin. If it comes in PO, it's called penicillin V. So these two penicillins form are for what narrow, uh, they are narrow spectrum medication. Then the broad spectrum ones are the amoxicillins. They are also penicillins. They fall under the broad spectrum. They can be given PO. They can be given uh, IV and PO. Now. You have um, these drugs, look them up and know what they are. Look at the side effect, look at the contraindication, and look at the drugs, drugs interaction, and look at the full drugs interaction for this medication. Then you have another type of, of you have another type of the antibiotic that affect the bacterial cell wall, which is called the cephalosporins. Cephalosporins are another group of antibiotics. Cephalosporins, 
um, you have the cephalosporins, C-E-P-H-A-L-S-P-O-R-I-N-S, cephalosporins. These medications, example is the cephalaxine. They are the first generation. They are called the cephalaxines. You have um, the cephazoline, which is given IM or IV. They are all the first generation. Now we have the first, second, third, and fourth generation cephalosporins. These are very effective antibiotics in the treatment of bacterial infection. The first generation include the cephazoline, which is given IM or IV. The second generation example is the CIFA, the Cephalor, the Cephotactin. These drugs are given PO, only for PO. Then the third generations are the Ceftriazin, the uh, this, the 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 Cephotaxin. They are only given IM or IV. You've never seen a PO Ceftriazin. Now. This brings me to the idea that in the end class, the end class will ask you sometimes the following medication is, is, is prescribed by the doctor, by the HCP, which one would the nurse question. Now, in some cases, the drugs, it is not the drugs uses or the drug action that, that you want to question. You want to question the drugs um, route of administration. They will give a drug except triazine and they will give it as PO. And in your whole life, there is no PO ceftriazine. It is a third generation cephalosporins. They are only given in IV or IM route. So in this case, you want to pick this up quick and know that these drugs do not come in PO. Then you have the fourth generation cephalosporins. They are called the cephapen. The, the C-E-F-E-P-I-M-E. Cephapen. They are only given IM or IV also. These cephalosporins, they are beta lactam antibiotics. They are similar to, they are similar to penicillins. Now, they, they destroy the bacterial cell wall by causing destruction of the microorganisms. So, in some cases, if the client is um, allergic to penicillins, we can administer cephalosporins. Now, these drugs comprise of four different generations, which I just named first, second, third, and fourth generations. This medication, they are most likely to reach the cerebrospinal fluid. They are less susceptible to description by the, B, the, by the beta lactamase enzyme. This medication, they are more effective against grain-negative organism and anaerobes organism. So these phosphorins, they are more effective to gram-negative bacteria compared to the gram-positive bacteria. And they are more or like an anaerobic medication, anaerobic than aerobic. Now, um, these drugs are used in bacterial infection treatment and they are mostly bactericidal, meaning they destroy and kill bacteria in the body. They do not suppress bacterial growth, but they destroy bacteria in our system. So bacterial medication could be bactericidal, meaning they kill bacteria, or it could be bacteriostatic, meaning they suppress the growth of bacteria. Now, this medication, they have a very high therapeutic indexes that treat urinary tract infection, they treat post-operative infection, and they treat pelvic and other meningitis infection. 
So these drugs, they have very high therapeutic index. So they are safe to use in short. Drugs that have low therapeutic indexes, they are very narrow to use. The nurses or the doctor must prescribe or they must give an order to always obtain those drugs with low therapeutic indexes to always obtain their blood level. Example are the digoxin, the dilantin, the vampiric acid, the carbamazine pains. All those drugs are actually to look at it, to look at in the NCLEX book. Those drugs have low therapeutic indexes. So you must know their therapeutic levels when you are working with them in the healthcare delivery setting. Um, these drugs, the cephalosporin, they have so many different uh, complications. You can look them up. To know them well before we leave the last uh one no not the last one i got two more please give me a few time now we'll look at the the glycoside the amino glycoside which are very they are very important to look at them the amino glycosides example for them you have the gentamicin which is an amino glycoside which causes an autotoxicity when you take the amino glycoside they also have that uh tinnitus that it causes in the ear of the patient another drug that causes tinnitus that is not on amino glycoside is the lexis furosima furosima has an autotoxicity an autotoxic effect when they are administered to, to individuals now so under the amino glycoside under the amino glycoside, uh, amino glycosides. Under here we have gentamicin, gentamicin, which I only administer uh, through parenteral root. You have the gentamicin, uh, we have the tobramycin, we have the neomycin, streptomycin, Paromomycin, these are all drugs that fall under the amino glycoside. Now, these drugs are bactericidal antibiotics, meaning they, they kill bacteria in the action and they destroy microorganisms by disrupting the protein synthesis. So, amino glycoside have bactericidal effect and also destroy bacteria by disrupting their protein synthesis. If, 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 if a cell does not have a protein, a protein synthesis, that cell cannot live in short. So these drugs, that's why they are administered. For the therapeutic uses, they treat aerobic gram-negative bacilli, such as the E. coli bacilli, the K. pneumoniae, the Proteus neurobilis, and the Pseudomonas A. bacteria. Now, these drugs, like the paramomaxin, is the oral form of amino glycoside. Both of these amino glycoside they are given IM or IV. The oral tip for them is what we call the paromomaxin. Paromomaxin. The paromo paromomaxin is the oral form. Oral meaning PO for this amino glycoside medication or this medication that form amino glycoside. Now, this particular medication is treats intestinal amine biases and tapeworm infection. This paramomycin it treats amoebic uh, conditions 
and also treat the client who is experiencing um, tapeworm infection. Now, this takes us back to the various kinds of the various kinds of hemantiasis. Look at the pinworms, the tapeworms. Look at those hookworms. Look at how do we look at the testing which we did before in pediatrics. Remember, we did it in pediatrics. So. Look at the testing, look at the pinworm, look at the tapeworm, look at this, those viral worms, their infections, how do we treat them? It's important to know them for the NCLEX. Now, under here, so we have the oral neomycin. The oral neomycin suppresses normal flora growth, which, like in the GI tract, it also that will cause colorectal surgery. Typically, it is it treats like eye infection, ear or skin infection. So we know of neomycin cream. So neomycin cream, neomycin medication fall on the aminoglycoside. Then we have the streptomycin. You remember the anti-TB drug. Now each anti-TB drugs got a specific uh, toxic points or toxic organ that, that, that it destroyed. Now you have the streptomycin. You have those viral TB drugs, but today we're looking at the stratomycin that fall under the amino glycoside. This stratomycin treat TB in in conjunction with other medications, but newer and safer ones, which include the etambutol, rifampins, and the INH or azonazide, join the treating TB along with stratomycin. Now, stratomycin also treats severe uncommon infection. Those infections include brucellosis, is B-R-U-C-E-L-L-O-S-I-S, brucellosis. It also treats plague, P-L-A-G-U-E. It also treats tularemia, T-U-L-A-R-E-M-I-A. These are the other conditions besides TB that stratomycin has the ability to treat. Stratomycin has autotoxicity for the client because it falls on an amino glycoside and the amino glycoside they always cause a wide toxic effect to the client so the, it damages the cochlear uh the cochlear uh the cochlear bone in the ear and also the vestibular bone so for the cochlear the cochlear now these two areas of the, of the ear they are responsible for two things in the ear. I'm gonna. This, this is very important to know. You have the cochlear and you have the vestibular. Now, the cochlear is responsible for hearing, for uh, hearing loss. The cochlear. Let me let me just put it on the board so so all can see it. So the cochlear. The cochlear is responsible for hearing loss the cochlear cochlear damage cochlear damage leads to hearing loss and then the vestibular damage will lead to loss of balance vestibular vestibular damage will lead to um balance loss So the cochlear damage leads to hearing loss. Vestibular leads to balance damage. Just, just so you know that. So in this case, we supposed to, as nurses, we, we are supposed to monitor the client for tinnitus, headache, 
hearing loss, nausea, dizziness, and vertigo. 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 Do not mistake this for vertiligo. You can look at all two. Vertiligo and vertigo are two different conditions in medicine. So you can look at all two. Now, um, the claim, we look at the client who do baseline audiometric studies, hearing tests. We instruct the client to notify the provider if the client has tinnitus, hearing loss, or headaches occur. Now, now, I want to put some time and understand these things when, you, when I'm saying it. If the client has hearing loss, if the client has uh, tinnitus, if the client has headache, the client must notify the healthcare provider. If the client is on this medication, this aminoglycoside, the client experiences a sudden headache, what would the client do? They should tell the client should talk to the doctor. If the client has tinnitus, the client has hearing loss, the client must call the doctor. The NCLEX will not bring these things word for word in, format, uh, in the same format I'm talking about. They will bring it in dispersed or in different cases. So you must be able to pick them up and know exactly when, what to do when the client experiences these things. Now, stop the aminoglycoside if the client had these symptoms. You stop the... Do you have a question? Now, you stop the, you stop the medication if the, if the client ever have any of these symptoms. You stop the medication. Um, the client might experience nephrotoxicity. The client will have increased bilirubin. The client will have uh, increased BUN. The client will have increased creatinine. The client will have protein urea. The client will have cast in the urine. And the client will have dilute urine when the client is having nephrotoxicity, which is a kidney disorder. So you monitor the client I and O, input and output, the client BUN, the client serum creatinine, we put any hematuric urea or clouded, clouded urine in this case. Um, so you have for the drug interaction for these aminoglycosides, penicillins inactivate aminoglycoside. So penicillin and we cannot mix penicillins with aminoglycosides, they will inactivate, they will make it nominal. If you ever mix penicillins and these aminoglycosides in the same syringe or in the same uh, in the same line, do not mix them at any IV site. Concurrent use with other orthotoxic medications such as loops, diuretics. I get talking about one. When you concurrently use this particular medication, this medication with uh, loops diuretics, loops diuretics. Example is the furosemide. Example is the furosemide, furosemide, or lysate, or lysate. In this case, this drug can cause hearing problem. So if you mix them with this aminoglycoside, let's see what happens. Um, 